So uh, we give a word to each member of the family. Remember we started with uh, wives. And uh, wives, you remember your word? It was respect. Remember that? Respect. Yes, good. And then uh, last week we talked to uh, children, to young people. And uh, what was your word, young people? Remember. Excellent. Thank you. Remember. So today now uh, we're going to speak to uh, speak to husbands and try to uh, make clear from Scripture what uh, what your word is as we look at this. And uh, we, we have the same problem that we've had each week. Uh, so often when we go into Scripture, it's easy for us to kind of latch on to the wrong word, right? And each week we've eliminated one word and tried to focus in on the right word. So uh, remember when we looked at, at wives, uh, we eliminated a word. What was that word that everybody wants to grab onto for wives? The wrong word. Submit, right? And we discovered right away, submit is about everybody in the household, right? Submission isn't the wife word, you know, respect is the wife word, and submission is everybody's role, right? That we're all in that experience of putting ourselves lower for the sake of lifting others in our family higher, right? And then last week when we were talking about uh, young people, what was the wrong word last week? Come on, parents, obey. Remember that? Obey, 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 right? And we said, no, wait a minute. The right word is remember that you belong to the Lord. And when you remember you belong to the Lord, then you put yourself in submission. You put yourself in the right relationship in the household. uh, And obviously, you'll honor your parents with that obedience, right? Just like Jesus did. Well, when we get to husbands this morning, it is equally easy when we go into Scripture to grab onto the wrong word. And it's so easy. Let me show you the verse that quite often we husbands love to grab onto. It's verse 23 in Ephesians 5. And right away you can see what the word is. What is it, guys? Head. That's okay. You can say it in church. Head. Exactly. A husband is the head of the wife. Stop! That's where guys stop. Right? Guys like to grab onto that word and say, Hey, we're the head. I'm the king of the castle. I'm the ruler. I can sit in my recliner throne and have my bidding, right? Let me clear this up for you, okay? Notice this is verse number 23. Let's look at the whole section of where this verse comes from. It's in the next slide. Notice it starts out in verse 21. Honor Christ and put others first. Who's he talking to? Everybody in the family, right? Everybody in the family is in that role of submission, right? Now look who he starts talking to in verse 22. Who's he directed at in verse 22? A wife. Do you see that? A wife. Now skip down, look at verse 24. Who's he talking to in verse 24? A wife. He's talking to wives, right? He's talking to wives. 22, a wife. 24, wives. Who do you suppose he's talking to in verse 23? Not husbands. He's not talking to husbands. He's talking to wives. This whole section is devoted in talking to wives about what their position is as they honor Christ and put others first. He's talking to wives and say, wives, look, here's what it means. As you honor Christ and you lift your husband up, as you elevate your husband, you're going to respect him and elevate him into a position of leadership in your house. You see, this is not something the husbands grab onto and say, Hey, I'm the head. It's my power, my authority. 
everybody is underneath me. No, he's talking to wives. He's saying, wives, respect your husbands, lift them up, put them in a position of leadership in your house willingly. Do you understand the difference? This is talking about what the wives do as they respect their husbands, as they elevate their husbands. It's not talking to the husbands. In verse 25, he makes a shift. Now, we've done 21 through 24 here, right? Family, 21. Wives, 22, 3, 24. 25, he begins talking to husbands. And what does he say to husbands? A husband should love his wife as much as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. What's the key word for husbands? A husband should love. That's the word. Get rid of that other word, guys. Get on the right word. Don't get trapped by that word head. Because that word head is about authority. Right? That word head is about authority. And we don't deal in authority in that way. If we go back a a slide and we go into the Gospel of Mark and we look at what Jesus says about leadership, this is why wives can elevate their husbands as leaders in the house. This is why he's talking to wives. Because Jesus defines what leadership is. He's got some disciples together. Disciples are arguing with each other about power and authority and all that stuff. Jesus says, look, you know that the rulers in this world loitered over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. That's what the world does. Gets trapped in authority. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your Servant, Wives, you can elevate your husband to leadership in your marriage and in your home. Why? Because you elevate them to the position of servanthood. Their responsibility is to serve you and elevate you, to provide for your family and serve your family and do whatever's best, in the best interests of you and your family as they serve you. That's the position you're putting them in. Understand the difference? It's not about authority. It's about servanthood. When he comes to husbands in verse 25, he makes it clear to husbands, no, our word is love. Husbands should love our wives. And what's the example he gives us in verse 25, husbands? As much as Christ loved his bride, the church, right? And what's the evidence of how much Christ loved his bride? He willingly gave his life for her. Husband, your word is love. Your example, Jesus Christ. Your word is love. Your example is the cross. Your word is love. Your example is laying down your life to elevate your wife. Now, Don't think this is just one verse. And don't think Paul's just saying, dropping this in the middle of of anywhere, right? It's in this whole section. He says it in verse 25. Uh, If you look, he says it again in uh, verse uh, 28. And he says it again in verse 33. In this whole section, three times he speaks to husbands and says the same words. In the same way, a husband should do what? Love his wife. 33. So each husband should love his wife. You see, he's trying to get that through to us, uh, to get us to understand what our word is. Our word is love. Our example 
is Christ. So the next question for us is to try to understand that as husbands, okay, that's my word. My word is love. So the question has now become, well, how do I express that love? How do I do that sacrificially? Because he uses the word agape here as, as the word for love, and it's that sacrificial love that's displayed in Jesus, that love that always puts the interest of the other above, uh, above ourselves. Paul and the Apostle Peter give us uh, lessons this morning, husbands, and what it means for us to love. In Ephesians 5, the first place Paul would point to us and how we express this sacrificial love is here in verse 26. As he looks at the example of what Jesus did, and remember, we're supposed to do what he did, right? He says the first thing Jesus did was he made the church holy by the power of his word. First thing Jesus did was help the church become holy. This is one of the ways, husbands, that you express your sacrificial love for your wife. You need to be responsible in helping your wife grow in her holiness. In growing into the person that God wants her to be. You need to help in any way you can, help her grow in that holiness and to achieve the dream and the purpose that God has placed in her heart and on her life. You should help her to be holy, set apart, accomplishing everything she can accomplish for the purposes of God in her life. And you need to enter into that holiness with her. When uh, Jill and I uh, go on vacation, and uh, we're not with you on a Sunday here, when we go on vacation, we are always in church on Sunday morning. You know why? Yeah, not just because we're supposed to go to church and it's part of our holy habit, but you know what? That's the only time I can enter into holiness with my wife and worship together. She's always sitting out there. I'm always up here. Never underestimate the gift, husbands, you have to sit in this room and worship with your wives. And I can tell you, your wife wants you to do this. She wants you to do this. She wants you to enter into holiness with her. Read the scriptures in your house. Encourage her to read the Bible. Read it together. Pray together. Make sure it's, you know, at least once a day you're holding hands and you're praying together. Enter into her holiness. Help her become the person God wants her to be. Make sure she's in a small group with other women and studying the Bible together. Make sure before the day is done, you send her to the conference that our women are going to so that she can grow in holiness. You see, do whatever you can to help your wife become that person that God has dreamed her to be. That's your role. That's how you sacrificially love her, is you enter into that holiness and you let her become the person that God wants her to be. If you're going to enter into that holiness, it also means that you'll practice that holiness in your relationship. Paul shows us that in the next part. He says not only did he make her... Nope, back one more. Thank you. By the power of your word. But he said he made it pure by washing it with water. Christ did this so that he would have a glorious and holy church without faults or spots or wrinkles or any other flaws. In the same way... A husband should love his wife. You see that? You enter into a holiness when you practice holiness in your relationship. The example Scripture gives you is practice forgiveness and look for what you can become in Christ 
not at her faults, spots, and wrinkles. Believe me, she knows all about those. You don't have to point them out. What you have to do is look at her and see the woman that Christ is making in front of your eyes. Lift her up to become that woman. You don't need to go to her and remind her how she didn't do this and she didn't do that and she didn't lift up, lift up to this and she should have done that and if she only would have, could have, should have, would have. What you need to do is remind her what an incredible woman she is in Christ Jesus. You get my drift? you got to practice holiness by practicing a focus on her holiness and practicing that forgiveness that doesn't keep lifting up her faults, her spots, and her wrinkles. But you enter into holiness and you practice that holiness by looking at the glorious person God has created to be in Christ. You with me, guys? This is what your wife needs. Next thing. Next thing that Paul would encourage us to do is to remember that we need to live with our wives. It goes back to the Old Testament. Paul quotes it here in Ephesians 5. Uh, it comes to us in verse uh, 31. Uh, he says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother to become married, and he becomes like one person with his wife. He becomes like what? One person, right? One person. That means if you're going to be one person, you got to be together. You got to be together. You got to live together. You got to dream together. You got to aspire together, right? You, you got to spend time together. The Apostle Peter uh, reminds us of that as he writes uh, to uh, the church in, uh, in uh, 1 Peter. And uh, I highlighted some uh, parts of the verse for you. It's 1 Peter 3. You can see the highlighted part. We're going to unpack this verse as we go here. It says, uh, treat your wives with understandings as you live where? Together. Do you know how many couples live around each other out there in the world? You know, they're just kind of sharing the house. They're just kind of living their own kind of lives and doing their own kind of thing. See, what the scripture tries to remind us is, no, wait a minute. Marriage is about living together, becoming one, aspiring together, dreaming together, focusing together, sacrificing together. It's about living with each other, living together. What you guys need to get, and one of our folks brought this to me and uh, was a great insight that I got. Guys, you know what you need to get? You need to get one of these. Okay? You need to get one of these timers, any kind of timer, set your phone, whatever. But you need to set one of these timers because even though you're trying to live with your wife, you're going to be busy doing all the other things, right? What you need to do is get a timer like this and set that timer. And then every time that timer goes off, you need to just drop everything you're doing, go to your wife, put your arms around her and tell her she is the most incredible gift God has ever brought to you in your life. That's how you live with and not live around. So you need a timer like this. You need something to build into your relationship, into your life, so that you discipline yourself and remember, oh, wait a minute, my wife needs to know she is the incredible gift that God has brought into my life. And you just drop what you're doing. Give up the busyness, leave the office, get out of there early, spend some time together, go away for a weekend, take time off, whatever it is you need to do to be able to show her and tell her she is the most incredible gift God has ever brought into your life. And she needs to hear that over and over and over and over. And with that, husbands, she needs your affection without any strings attached. 
Okay? She needs you to be able to just live with her and embrace her. No expectations about what happens later. Just live with her and embrace her. Our wives need us to be one with them, to live with them in affection and make sure they understand they are the greatest gift God has ever given us. Next one. We need to live with our lives in that way, but we need to live with them also in understanding. Look what uh, Peter says here. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with what? Understanding. You have to treat them with understanding. The Greek that's behind that is a phrase, katanosis. It literally means according to knowledge. According to knowledge. Husbands, here's the challenge. It means we have to take the time to learn what makes our wives tick. We need to take the time to learn what's, what's the need my wife has. What, what brings her pleasure? What, what builds her up? What, what brings excitement into our life? We need to take the time and give the understanding time to consider what her needs are, consider what her desires are, and consider how we can meet those needs and meet those desires. Now, guys, here's the hardest part. You ready for the hardest part of the message? It also means we have to set aside time for our wives to just listen to them. You can do that, right? We need to set aside time for our wives so that we just simply listen to them. Uh, astronaut um, Michael Collins was uh, involved in a marriage uh, conference, and uh, he shared these words. He said, I learned that the estimated number of words a man speaks every day is 15,000 words. But the number of words a woman speaks in a day is 35,000. Unfortunately, when I come home, I've already spent my 15000 But my wife is just getting started on her thirty-five. This is what our wives need. Our wives need us to give time to them and understanding to them and just listen to them. University of Alabama uh, did a study and uh, they found out what the most common complaints are. Uh, for husbands and wives, uh, the main number one complaint a wife has, he doesn't listen to me. Number one, he doesn't listen to me. Do you want the others, by the way? The top ones. He doesn't listen to me was number one. Number two was, he takes me for granted. Number three, he's not romantic. You should listen to this skit. Number four, he doesn't help with the children. Give you some insight, guys, in what it means to sacrificially uh, love your wives. We need to just listen. Oh, and here's the hard part. You ready? Not only do you need to listen, but you need to just listen without trying to fix it. Okay? This is really going to be tough, guys. I know it's really going to be tough. Because we are good listeners, but when we listen, we always want to come to the fixed solution. Right? I mean, a minute and a half into the whole story, we can say, honey, I can fix that for you. I can handle that for you, sweetie. Don't worry about it. I got the solution, right? Nope. This is not what they want. This is not what they weed. This is not how you sacrificially serve them. You need to just be there with them together and serve them by just simply listening. Uh, Paul in Colossians uh, says this to husbands. Next slide. 
There they are. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. When you cut off conversation and you stop listening to them and you try to dump the solution, that's really harsh for your wife. You just need to listen to her. Just need to listen to her. Okay? This is how we serve uh, our wives. The last thing that Peter would bring to us is that not only do we need to uh, listen to them, but we also need to uh, honor them. We need to just give them and live with them uh, in, uh, in honor. Again, it comes from 1 Peter 3. Notice he says it uh, kind of twice for us. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. And later on he says, uh, she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Guys, you need to serve your wives by elevating your wives and honoring them, right? Your wife needs to hear from you. She needs to hear from you. You just need to walk up to her every day, sometime throughout the day, when that egg timer goes off and say, Honey, I choose you. With all the other women in the world, I choose you. Honey, you are the most important thing in my life and the greatest gift God has ever, ever given to me. You see, your wives need to hear that you honor them and you understand how incredibly gifted they are. It means as you listen to them, you will listen to them and you'll value their opinions, you'll understand their dreams and aspirations, you will give time to them and treat them as that equal partner that Peter is referring to here. That you will value them for who they are and as that gift that God has brought into your life. We need to honor our wives just like Adam honored Eve. Do you remember when God made Eve out of the rib, right? And, and God brought Eve to Adam. What did Adam say? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is the one I've been waiting for. Can you imagine what Eve felt in that moment? I've seen all the other pieces of creation you made, God. I've seen every other thing that you've made. I'm telling you, there is nothing in the world like her. This is what they need to hear. There is no one in the world, no one in your life like her. And here's a rule, guys. Ready for a rule? Here's a rule. In public, always honor your wife. And never give away her honor for the sake of a few laughs. You know what I mean? Never give away her honor just to get a yuck-yuck and tell a funny story at her expense. Publicly, you need to honor your wife. Privately, you need to honor your wife and remind her again and again how incredible she is and what a gift she is to you. That's just the rule. Honor your wife. Finally, guys, here's where it ends. It's interesting to me that uh, over the years, the number of, of weddings that I've done, uh, the number one scripture reading that just kind of always happens at most weddings is uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 is trying to describe for us, Christ followers, what it really means to love. Husbands, I want you to just listen. Don't try to fix it now. Just listen this morning. Just listen and receive the challenge that Paul gives you this morning, the scripture gives you this morning, to be that kind of husband that practices this kind of love and applies this love into your relationship with your wife and elevates her. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 
Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Husbands, your word is that, love. And your example is Christ's. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your willingness to be patient and kind with us and grow us all into the person you want us to be. And so this morning we pray over husbands and we ask that they would receive this word and take that word and bring it into their relationship with our wife. And as husbands, we thank you, Father. Just like Adam proclaimed and rejoiced in the presence of Eve in his life, so each one of us rejoice and give you thanks for that incredible gift of our wife. We pray this morning that you would just teach us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Help us to be the men you want us to be. Help us to be those who are willing to give up our lives for the sake of our wives. We ask for this blessing, that our marriages may be full to overflowing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.